morning, everyone. Good to see you. Um, welcome back. Uh, today's uh, shear, this series, has been sponsored by Yitzhi and Nancy Preter as a schus for Rafua Shlema for Nancy's mother, Rivka Baschanula. And we hope that the Divay Taira and whatever the learning and whatever comes from it, Bezos Hashem will be a schus for her for Rafua Shlema. So we are here again to continue our, our talk about the tefillahs of Shabbos, the prayers of Shabbos, which uh, the opportunity to discuss the tefillahs of Shabbos is not only a, uh, an opportunity to learn about tefillah, but also an opportunity to learn about Shabbos. And we'll continue this maybe in Mirta Hashem before, uh, at some point, we'll maybe we'll switch a little bit also to speak about the tefillahs of Yom Tev. Um, but today's, uh, today's discussion will start in Shabbos, has relevance for Yom Tev as well. Um, and uh, and let's, let's, let's get to it. In, the previous, uh, in, in our previous series, we talked about the general idea of tefillah on Shabbos. We spoke about this Mizmar Shil Yom Shabbos, the song which is designated to Shabbos, and the variations of the different tefillahs of Shabbos. But there's a special Marev Shmonesre, a Shachrish Shmonesre, a Minchish Shmonesre. It's the only day, as we said numerous times, the only day where the tefillos change from tefillah to tefillah. Today, Sunday, Marev last night, we daven the same Shmonesre, like we daven at Shachris, and like we will daven at Mincha, and like we will daven at Marev again tonight. We'll add, tonight we'll add Yalav Yavai, Yalav Yavai for Rosh Chaydesh. Okay, but you understand, and then we'll do the same Yalav Yavai for Marev and for Shachris and for Mincha. Um, we do that on Yomim Taivim. It's the same Shmanesra. You turn to the same page in the back of your sitter for, for Marev, Shachris, Mincha, Rosh Hashanah. It's the same Shmanesra, Marev, Shachris, Mincha, Yom Kippur. It is every day except Shabbos. Friday night we say, we speak about the Shabbos of Bereshis, Vayechulu. Shabbos morning, Yismach Moshe, Manas Chelko, we speak about the Shabbos of the giving of the Torah, and Shabbos Mincha, we speak about the Shabbos of the end of days, when Hashem will be one and His name will be one. That we talked about last, last, uh, last uh, session. Today, let's move to another tefillah of Shabbos. A tefillah of Shabbos, which uh, is one that people who go to shul, everybody's in shul by the time this tefillah comes around, right? <laughs> which is the tefillah of Musaf on Shabbos. Right? It's not necessarily the priority of tefillos, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, 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 of tefillos, but it's a tefillah which is the additional tefillah of Shabbos. Tefillah Musaf is said every day that there would be a Musaf Carbon, a carbon musaf. Every day that there would be an additional carbon that would be brought on account of the day, we have an additional tefillah that goes along with it. So, you know, we read in Parshas Pinchas, we read about the daily offering, but on top of that, there's a Shabbos offering, so we say musaf on Shabbos, and there's a Rosh Chaydash offering, so we say musaf on Rosh Chaydash, and there's a Yom Tev for every one of the Yom Yom Tevim, including Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, there are additional offerings, so all of these days have. Musaf. In Chanukah, there's no Musaf. It's a very special day, but there was no special carbon prescribed in the day of for Chanukah, for the very least obvi- uh, of the obvious reasons, which is that Chanukah postdates the Chumash. And there's no Musaf of Purim, because it postdates the Chumash. And there's no Musaf on a fast day, and there's no Musaf on Tisha B'Av. There's only Musaf on the days, those Yamim Taivim, that the Torah prescribes. Then we daven Tfilas Musaf. Now, Musaf 
looks like many other tefillahs. I mean, certainly it doesn't look so radically different than the tefillahs than the other tefillahs of Shabbos. You have the same ending paragraph, that paragraph which is the standard fare for all the tefillahs of Shabbos. But there is something completely different about Musaf than about any other tefillah. Completely, fundamentally, huge, huge, huge difference between Musaf and every other tefillah. It's not so visible, but it's radical. And I want to try to explain it to you, show it to you. It's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be too hard, but we're going to start, I want to start from a place, from a halachic place. Okay? And that is a halacha of to'ah v'lo There's a din, a rule, which applies to a person who missed a tefillah. What happens if for one reason or another a person missed davening? person woke up one morning, Rahman al-Atsan shouldn't be for anybody, and feels lousy. And they're not able to get up, and they're not able to get out of bed the whole morning. Finally, you know, towards later in the afternoon, they feel well enough, they get up, and they, they can daven. But what should they daven? They didn't daven shachris. Should they daven, what do they do? They daven mincha. Okay? So the halacha is, that if a person misses a tefillah, not through negligence, but through circumstances beyond their control, essentially. So they're able to do a makeup. In fact, they're really not just able to, but they're supposed to do a makeup. So what do you do in that situation I just described? So the person would get up, they would daven mincha. I mean, they might want to say birchos hashachar also. They could say, we, we all do say birchos hashachar throughout the day. But, but they would daven mincha. And after they finished saying shmonesri for mincha, they would say another shmonesri. Essentially, right away, they would say another Shmanasri. And that Shmanasri would be the makeup for Shachris. And it's always will happen for the next one. It's an interesting halachic question for which you might get different halachic guidance if you don't daven Marev. Like many women, daven Shachris and Mincha don't daven Marev. So, how does it fit into this thing? Because the rule is you're only supposed to make up the tefillah that's immediate to it. In other words, if let's say Le'aleinu, a person was in the situation and they didn't feel good until nine o'clock at night. So they make a daven mariv and make up mincha, but they can't make up shachris anymore. You can only make up the previous tefillah before, which is good because if a person not feeling well for a week, it would take them a week to daven, right? Right? But 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 um, but uh, the rule is you can only make up the one which is right before. That's immediately preceding it. Yes. Does that apply to women too? It applies to women too. How how they deal with the mariv factor? Is a significant question that people, different people will say different will, will say different things. So if a person misses mincha one day and they never daven marav, and then they want to daven shachris to daven twice, it's not clear at all that they should daven shachris twice. If they missed mincha, they don't usually daven marav. They want to make it up. I, I would tell them they should daven marav and then another shmonesri for mincha if they want to if they want to make it up and they may and and, and so and, and they certainly may do so yes so if they miss shachris and you daven mincha then you do two minchas or you do shachris and mincha again but mincha first mincha. you do this whatever shmonesri is now you do twice okay. you don't go and read the old one again usually it's not very different but you do whatever mincha you're doing now you do twice and there are some nuances to the salacha special cases but that's the basic the basic rule <coughs> here's the question 
Where does Musa fit into this? Where does Musa fit into this? So Tosis discusses this. There's no discussion in the Gemara if a person made a mistake and missed Musaf. What should they do? Now, Musaf, we hold you could do till the end of the day. So that would mean that you missed Musaf, it means it's dark. And now it would be from the previous day. Says Taishas, there's no question that there would be no makeup for the Musaf. Why? You certainly won't dive in it at night. How could you read the Karbonis of Musaf when the time of Musaf is already gone? The seven brachas, meaning, right, it's not Shmona Esrei, it's not 18 brachas, it's seven brachas, but the Amida of Musaf was only established so that our lips would be a substitute for the cows. You know, that's a pasuk. Meaning, when we can't actually offer the animal offerings, we, we offer our utterances instead. We speak instead. We talk about it. We learn about it instead. For that, there's no question that if the time has passed, you can't bring the offering anymore. The rule in the Beis Hamikdash was: if you miss today's carbon, you can't bring it tomorrow. If it's a if it's a floating carbon, you know you just pledged a carbon. It's one thing, but today's carbon, meaning the daily offering of today, if you missed it today, there's no makeup tomorrow, and therefore there will be no makeup for the Musaf. Avolshar tefilos to rachameininu, but other tefilos, which are rachame, they're pleas for mercy for Hashem's help. You can daven all day. That's an expression. The Gemara says, Rabbi Yechonah says, I'd be very happy if a person davened all day. And there's no issue. The next day you can't make up for the previous day. Let me explain to you, let me frame for you what Tais was to say. The Gemara has here actually a shaila, has a question. And the question is, it says, well, I understand that you can make up mincha, you can make up shachris. That I get, says the Gemara. However, asks the Gemara, what happens if a person missed Mariv? I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry. If a person missed Mincha, could he daven Mariv twice? Why shouldn't he be able to daven Mariv twice, says the Gemara? Because the tefillahs were established in place of korbanas, right? You know, we have that idea that there was a morning offering, an afternoon offering. The tefillahs were established to replace the korbanas. And with korbanas, as we just said, the rule is, if the day is over, there's no makeup. So if I missed mincha, marav's a new day, there should be no makeup. That's the Gemara's, do we say that? And the Gemara's conclusion is that no, Tzalusa Rachamehi, prayers are prayers for mercy. And Kolemas Daboy, Matzliva Azu, whenever he wants, he can do it. So he can do it the next day. Says Tosvas, that's true for Mincha. It's not true for Musaf. Because there's a fundamental difference between Mincha and Musaf, between Mariv and Musaf, between Shachris and Musaf. And that is the following. Yes, when they put Philos in place, they sit, sit in the spots that Korbonos sat. There's Shachris in the time that the morning carbon was brought in, Mincha in the time the afternoon was brought in. 
evening mariv is when they would take the limbs of the korbanos and put them on the mizbeach. They sit in the time slots when, when the Beis Hamikdash stood, we were filling those time slots with the offerings of korbanos. But the substance of tefillah is pleading to Hashem, asking for Hashem's mercies. Where in Shemana Esrei do you mention korbanos? Once. Most of you do. I'm talking about in the regular army. The once, where? It says Hashem alechein of Amchi Yisrael v'silasam v'ashevus ha'avodah levir beisecha v'ishei Yisrael. And there's a question where you put v'ishei Yisrael in that sentence before the comma, after the comma. Hashem be pleased with the Jewish people, with their prayers, return the service to the Beis Hamikdash, and the fire offerings of the Jewish people which simple pshat is, that refers to the korbanas. And we're asking, we're saying to Hashem, now we're davening. But remember, once upon a time, what fills, filled this time slot was the korbanas. We pray for the day when, once again, we'll be able to upgrade from the tefillahs to the korbanas. That's what we say. That's the only allusion to it. No other. Clear? What's the substance of the tefillah? Hashem, give us wisdom, bring us tshuva, give us forgiveness, etc., build Yerushalayim, all the way down the line. That's what the tefillah is. Musaf is all about korbanas. Musaf, the korbanas are explicitly mentioned. We read the order of the korban in the tefillah. The essence of the tefillah, yes, we have the closing paragraph, which is a general paragraph of the tefillahs of Shabbos. But the essence of the tefillah is, Rabbi Nishalaylam, we want to come back to the Beis HaMikdash so that on days like today, what will we do? We'll bring two kvasim b'nei shana, two lambs in their first year of life that are perfect and unblemished, and two esreinim, two measures of flour mixed with oil and the wine offerings. We say that in the Shemana Esrei. And on Rish Chodesh, we say in the Shemanesri what they brought on Rish Chodesh and on Sukkot and so on. You know that. The prayer is explicitly, let's get back to the Beis HaMikdash and bring these offerings. <laughs> Says Tosfus, regular tefillos are about asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for stuff. Musaf, it's about the Korban. So the Gemara therefore validly concludes and says, you know, yes, the rule with korbanas is you can't do the today's korban tomorrow. But the essence of a regular davening is to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to pray to Hashem. And you can take today's request to tomorrow. That's not a problem. So even though it was structured after korbanas, but it still doesn't have that stricture, that limitation. You can move it from one day to the next. But when it comes to Musaf, Musaf is korbanas. It's just the oral replacement of the carbon. It wasn't a new service that takes the time slot of the carbonus. It's there to try to mimic the carbon, to virtually bring the carbon. And if the carbon couldn't be brought anymore because it's already the next day, then there's no meaning to the tefillah. So Musaf is taken out of the line of tefillahs when it comes to this thing of rolling over one to the next. The tefillos, they're, they're connected. Shachras bin Chamarav, Shachras bin Chamarav. They're all the same general idea. You can stack them up. You miss one, double up the next time. Take two doses the next time. Musaf, Musaf 
is a different, we would say, excuse the pun, it's a different animal. It's a different thing. Musaf is a carbon, the replacement of a carbon. Kai mentioned to you just something, it's a light, just like a nice aside, so you can appear, it really has, has, has not so much direct impact to what we're doing, but just you can have a sense of it. You know, we, we, there was just a Siyam Hashas of the Dafayami. A beautiful, beautiful event. And by the, the most inspiring thing is that like in, a, in this room, where I learned Dafayami, I thought, now we, we continue to learn the Dafayami like we've learned Baruch Hashem for 20-something years, but there are twice as many people sitting in here. You know, from, from, from that chizuk, and we have another, two other additional shiurim. It's unbelievable, Kanenahar, the bump which, 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 this, which this Kiddush Hashem has provided. So what do we learn? We, we don't learn shas. It's a little bit of a misnomer. Shas stands for shisha storim, which are the shisha sidre mishnah, the six orders of the mishnah. There are six orders of the mishnah, six major sections of mishnah. We learn Talmud Bavli, which is the Babylonian Talmud. That's the Dafayemi is about the Babylonian Talmud. On the six orders of the Mishnah, many, many, many of the tractates that are included in the six orders of the Mishnah, there is Talmud Bavli. There's a, the Babylonian Talmud expands on and explains the Mishnah like the, like, like the Gemara does. But it doesn't do it on all six orders. We have samples from all six orders, but we only have one Mesechta in the first order. The first order is Roim, about the agricultural laws. The only mesechta, the only vayim that we learn, which is what we're learning now, is we started as brachas, which is there with the agricultural laws, which teaches about kriyashma and davening, and the, the gemara that I, the, the taisvus and the gemara that I just read to you is from mesechas brachas and brachas you make on food. So that we learn, but we don't learn about peya, and we don't learn about shmita, and we don't learn about truma and meiser, all the tithes and all the things, it, because there's no talmud bavli on it. You know why there's no talmud bavli on it? because it didn't apply in Bavil. It, it's a mitzvah which is agriculturally based. And likewise, so the next order of the Mishnah is Mayid, about the festivals, so that we have Talmud Bavli on, with one exception. There's a small Masechta called Shkolim, which was about the shekels that they would bring to the Beis HaMikdash at a certain time of year. It's in Mayid for whatever reason, because it was seasonal, a seasonal fundraising campaign. There was no Beis HaMikdash, so they didn't do it. So we don't have Talmud Bavli on that. We interested, for whatever reason, we learned the Talmud Yerushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud on that. Noshim is the next one, which is marriage laws. Talmud Bavli, it applies. Nizikin is laws of damages. Talmud Bavli, it applies. We have it. Taros is the sixth. I'm skipping the fifth for a second. Taros is the laws of ritual purity, which were applicable where? By and large, in the Beis HaMikdash, and when there was holy things. So there's no Talmud Bavli on Taros, with one exception, which is Maseches Nida which includes the laws of family purity, which are relevant everywhere. And so we, have, we, we learn that as well. So we have a little bit of them. And then the fifth one is the enigma. The fifth one is Kachin, which is all about Karbanas. And we have Babylonian Talmud on every section of Kachin. Now, it doesn't make sense, right? Zroim, there are no agricultural laws outside in Bavel, so we don't have Talmud Bavli. They didn't learn it in Bavel. Taros, they didn't learn in Bavel. But Kachim, they did. Why? Says Rashi. Rashi writes it in the, in the Gemara. Is because learning it is like bringing it. That was their connection to it. You might say, oh, it's the same thing for agricultural laws. But the Karbanas were so central. You understand? What's the central place in Jewish life? The Beis Hamigdash. I mean, you say a shul, very nice, but every shul is pointed to 
The base Hamikdash. The base Hamikdash is mamish. It's ground zero. It's the connection of the earth to the heavens. And what was the base Hamikdash for? What was the central thing which was brought in the base Hamikdash? Korbanus, Korbanus, Korbanus. So therefore, in Bavel, they would not give up on Korbanus. And they learned it. And that's why we have Talmud Bavli on it. And that's why we have a Musaf of Korbanus. But we don't have a Shachris of Korbanus. We don't have a Mincha of Korbanus. Shachris and Mincha, we pray. Musaf, <coughs> we're trying to bring a carbon transformed. And this is a radical change. And something which every one of us, when we daven, we have to realize it. We served Hashem in the base Hamigdash, and now we serve Hashem with a sitter in a base Aknesis. When we served Hashem in the base Hamigdash, what did we do? We said, Rabbi Nishalalam, we want to build you a house so you can have a place to reside here on this earth. Come live here. Rabbi Nishalalam, not only do we want to give you a bed, we also want to give you breakfast. And we bring a carbon in the morning. We call it Lechem Isha Reach Michael Hashem, the bread, the offering for Akodesh Baruch. Hu. Now, you'll say, Oh, well, we're going to build a house for the Rabbi Shalom. Good question. Shloim HaMelech said it. When he dedicated the Beis Hamikdash, he said, What do I think I'm doing? Right? The heavens. And the uppermost heavens, the heavens can't contain you. I'm going to build a house for you? I, I'm crazy? Whatever. I built a house for you. You told us to build a house for you. I built a house for you. In Erev, Hashem says, I'm going to get hungry. You're going to feed me. But Hashem told us, do me a favor. Bring korbanas. Quote, unquote, ki'ilu, so to speak, to feed me. We provide the Rabbanu Shalom with bed and breakfast, even dinner included. It's Mamash at the Lux Hotel. <laughs> That's the way we served Hashem. And by the way, it makes sense. How do you serve somebody? You try to take care of them. It's, it's philosophically tricky with the Rabbanu Shalom, but the Rabbanu said, don't be such philosophers. Just do it. I'm asking you, build me a house, serve me. The Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. How do we serve Hashem now? Listen, we say, Rabbi Hashem, could you give me this, that, and the other? I have a laundry list of things that you can do for me. That's the way the replacement for Korbanis is davening. What kind of replacement is that? It's crazy. It's a, it's a completely different thing. Instead of giving Hashem, we're asking Hashem to give us and to take care of us. You understand that it's it's upside down. The world of the way we serve Hashem is upside down. I want it to sink in. Let me know when it sunk in. Do you realize how how the world was turned upside down with the Khurban like that? How our service of Hashem was turned upside down? There's one tefillah 
which is a throwback to the original way we're supposed to serve Hashem. And that's Musaf. When we dive in Musaf, uh, yes, we ask that the Beis Hamidah should be rebuilt so that we can serve you. So we won't be spending our day telling you what we need. We want to be able to give to you again. When you say, you're saying, I, I, we, want, I, we hope you're pleased with what we're doing now, but we want to be back in the seat where we're able to give instead of just to ask. It's a whole different world. It's what we call a paradigm shift. And Musaf is the throwback to that, yes. We don't have Musaf on during the week, though. That's right. That's right. Rosh Chodesh we do. Yeah, only, no, only, no, only no, on no, special no. days. Rosh Chodesh, Shabbos. We don't do it any other day. It's only on days which are Ashtikol, Yantav, Shabbos, Mayadim, that we have this throwback. So that's part of what we need to understand. It's part of what we need to understand. Why is it this way? Why is it this way? So it's a yantiv. It's a special day. So because it's a special day, we have this particular shift that on this, because it's a yantiv, we remember and we shift back to the way it was done in the old days, as opposed to weekdays. So I, I think there's, a, there's a, a way to look at it, yes. Maybe one could succinctly say it, because it's a yomtev. It's a day of menuchal kedusha. The other, uh, in, previously, we had talked about the idea of, uh, of, uh, of menuchal kedusha. That, um, that, you know, a day of rest and holiness. That there's a certain condition to real kedusha, to have the presence amongst which is menucha. And we talked about it, talked about it different, I've talked about it from different angles. The Beis Hamikdash was built when we had menucha from all of our enemies that, that surrounded us. But to some degree, we understand that the, the, whether it's Shabbos, in terms of a, a weekly cycle, whether it's what we would call the Shabbos of creation, when Kal Yisrael is in a peaceful spot, a peaceful place, when we are settled and we're not busy worrying about what we need, what we want next, but instead we're feeling there we turn and we offer the Rabbani Shalom a place. When we're frustrated, when we're too busy finding ourselves a place, we don't offer the Rabbani Shalom a place. We don't feed him. We're too busy figuring out what we're going to eat first, what we're going to be taking care of. We're tr- too busy trying to find the roof that can be over our own head before we start worrying now start worrying. We should be altruistic and wonderful and worry about it earlier. But before we're in a position to be able to provide for the Rabbi Nishlala. The days of Musaf, yes, Rosh Chodesh, 
is not a yamtiv. But in a certain sense, you know, it is a yamtiv. Women have it as a yamtiv. You're supposed to dress better. You're supposed to eat better. But Rosh Chaydesh is the yamtiv that, in a certain sense, was taken away from us. <coughs> Certainly taken away more from, more from men than from women. Women. The one day a month when I do the laundry. <laughs> the um, so, so I like it when there's only one day Rosh Chaydesh. <laughs> um, but, but the, these days, that's what they represent, Menucho Kedusha. On Shabbos, one of the premises of Tefillah Shabbos that we discussed when we first started this discussion of Tefillah of Shabbos is what the Gemara says, we're not, we don't say all these requests on Shabbos. And the reason why we don't say all of these requests on Shabbos, it's part of the Menucha of Shabbos. What does that mean? We want to take it easy? We don't want to daven so much? It's not true. Remember what we pointed out? Right? Davening this morning here started at 7.30 and it ended at 10 after 8. And we are one of the slower shuls in town. 7.30 to 10 after 8. Davening yesterday here started at 8.45 and it finished. No, it didn't finish at 12. <laughs> It's finished at 11.45. The rabbi spoke a little long. It was Rosh Chaydesh benching. Three hours. Regularly, 11.30. Two hours and 45 minutes. That's more than two hours longer. Laning, we didn't lane today. Tomorrow, tomorrow we'll lane Rosh Chaydesh. Monday, we, we lane. What, Monday, you lane? Ten psukim, you lane till Shani. Shabbos? Lane. Then today, Psuket Zimra is this many pages. Shabbos, yesterday, Psuket Zimra was twice as many pages. You tell me we don't want to bother people to daven too long on Shabbos? Everybody in the world, we daven much longer on Shabbos. But we don't ask for things on Shabbos. You know what the tefillahs of Shabbos are? We want to learn HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah. We read the whole parsha. We want to <coughs> praise HaKadosh Baruch We take the Psukit of Zimra and we grow it so that the words of praise that we give to Hashem are so much more. Hey, what does that sound like? Okay, it's not an animal, but what is it? Instead of gimme, 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 it's my chance to give to the Rabban Hashem to the extent, to the nature that that's possible. I have a chance to give to the Rabban Hashem, to praise the Rabban Hashem. That's where the action is. And on Shabbos, we're not running around figuring out oh, what you're going to do next. We say, okay, Shabbos came. Right? Candle lighting. Whatever you, wherever you are, that's where you are. Right? Today, this week, we nearly broke the five o'clock barrier for, for, for candlelighting, right? Oh, wow, long day, right? You know, you, know, you know, when Shabbos comes, it doesn't matter what time it is. That's it. Misha Torah, Erev Shabbos, Yechob Shabbos, whatever work you manage to do, Erev Shabbos, that's what you're going to enjoy on Shabbos. There's no sense running around. There's nothing more to do. You're here. Shavas. You found your place. You've arrived. You've arrived, you're there. There's no scrounging around. There's no looking around for anything else. Okay. 
So now I'm not worrying about myself anymore. From this platform, I can be giving. From this platform, we can go back to the Avaida, the way it was when the Jewish people were ish tachas gafnei v'tachas te'inasoi, when everyone was beneath their vine and their fig tree, when everyone was settled, when the Jewish people were in their place, when we could serve Hashem the way that word sounds, we're back to that. And that's gewaldic. That's wonderful. That's transformational. That's the Musaf of Shabbos. But as we're suggesting, it's not just the Musaf of Shabbos. That's Shabbos. That's the tefillahs of Shabbos. And while, yes, the other tefillahs are to some degree still, they don't explicitly mention Karbanas, it's the characteristic uniquely of Musaf. The other ones will resemble to some degree more the tefillahs of the week, although not with any kind of extensive requests of any kind. But it's the mood of Shabbos, it's the mood of the days when we feel, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, with all the work that you have, and wherever you are, throughout the exile, throughout whatever you're going through, still give. Give, you're in a position to give. Serve me, praise. There's a beautiful Gemara in Masechus Brachas. I've shared it, I don't think I shared it with, with this group in this context. I don't believe so. Maybe, maybe we did. But I've shared it elsewhere. I shared it just a couple of weeks ago here in Shul. It's a Gemara which speaks about the advantage of davening in Shul. The Gemara speaks about it very starkly. Okay, and uh, the language may even, like, it, it takes people aback a little bit, especially people who don't daven in shul all the time during the week. The Gemara says, Ain't nishmas The prayer of a person is only heard in shul. Now, again, it's not, it's, 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 that's so to speak, in the way we're, you're hearing it, it's an overstatement. There's a reason why the Gemara says it that way, but what it means is, the tefillah in shul is in a different level. In a different level. Now, if I ask people, right, people might be familiar with that, that there's an, an advantage to davening in shul, yes, that, that, that there's a big advantage to davening in shul. People know that. It's not just a campaign made by people who run shuls. Right? So, so the question is, what's, uh, what's the advantage of davening in shul? So I would say that if you would ask this question to... Generally, people, if you ask this question to knowledgeable Torah scholars, right? I'm not talking about great, great Torah scholars, but people you know, who are learned, right? Nine out of ten, or maybe 98 out of 100, will say a reason which is given in the Gemara, second. The second reason which is given in the Gemara. And what, what is it? What would they say? They would say, because Hashem is found there. Well, when you have a minion, so then... Elohim then HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence is there. It's, it's, it's better to go to where Hashem is. And you can daven, you could so to speak, whisper in his ear, as opposed to if you're davening in your house, where it's not where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, then you have to call all the way up there. That's the, the standard understanding. And that's the second reason, which is given in the Gemara. Baruch Hu, Elohim 
Right? Hashem is found in a shul. The Gemara doesn't even say it really as an answer to the question or an explanation of the statement. It says it right next to it. So we accept that as a reason. But the Gemara has a first explanation. And that is, When he said his vision statement for the Beis HaMikdash, he said, you'll come here to hear the Rina and the Tefillah. What's Rina? Song. What's Tefillah? Prayer. Says the Gemara, it is in the place where there is song, that's where there is Tefillah. That's where there is prayer. Prayer works where there is song. Says Rashi, Says Rashi, what does that mean, place of song, and why does that refer to a shul? Says Rashi, In a shul, the voices of the community join together in song of praise to Hashem. In a shul, you could have singing. It's, you know, you're by yourself. You could sing, you know, but you won't have a chorus. Right? You won't have the, the incredible and irreplaceable sound of a community's voices joined together, raised in Shiraz V'sishbachas to Asha. Now, parenthetically, this is why we don't apologize around here for davening being two hours and 45 minutes on Shabbos. Because it's two hours and 45 minutes on Shabbos because we sing during the davening and it's irreplaceable. And the Gemara says that tefillah is heard in a shul because they're singing in a shul. So if you go, go through the express lane, you know, in shul, the easy pass version, you know, you know, just, you know, you know, check it off, you don't get this advantage. Okay, I'm getting off my soapbox, right? But the, the Gemara says, So it's, it's tefillah is enhanced when it's the place where they're sung. So what does that mean? It's, it's a more inspiring place. You'll be able to focus better. It could be. But there's a beautiful explanation of this Gemara that I explained, that I shared just a couple of weeks ago with, with people in shul. And that's an explanation which is provided by Rav Kook Zichrani Levracha and his Ein Ayo on the Gemara in Brachas. And he says as follows. He says, what tefillah is about, <coughs> period, is acknowledgement of HaKadosh Baruch it's the purpose of creation, right? The Ramban writes at the end of Parsha's Boy, Hashem has no goal in creation other than that which is realized when people recognize Hashem as the creator of the world. And that's the purpose of of the raising of our voice in prayer is we're acknowledging that there's a Rabbani Shlom in the world. And that's the, the, the greatest impact of Bote Knesses, of shuls. That's their purpose. They announce there's a God of the world. A Beis HaKnesses, a shul, isn't a 7-Eleven, where you go and you say, oh, you know, I need something. Let me go to shul. I'll ask the Rabbani Shalom, and I'll be co-home with that something. No. The purpose of a shul is a place where people say, Wow, this is a building which is dedicated to our being cognizant of, remembering, knowing that there's a God of the world. That's what it's about. Now it so happens that 
the tool which gets to us very pedestrian human beings to remember that there's a God of the world is when we're stuck and we need something and we don't know anybody, we don't have any connections. You know, we, we tried all our connections and they know that they don't have it. Right? We Googled it and we can't find a way to get it. So we said, oh, we have no other Eitzah. So what are we going to do? We'll turn to the Rabbi Shalalam. That's what gets us needs-based recognition of God. When all else fails, look up. <coughs> but it's all for one purpose. And the purpose is to recognize Hashem. So here we are. We say, Psuke de Zimra. We say, okay, well, we're just going to get in a couple of paragraphs, you know, quickly because we came a little late or we don't have enough time, you know, just in our schedule. We just say, Ashrei, right? And that's the halacha. So we can get to the Shman Esrei, which is the main thing. So when we can go, we can ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for everything. But the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is that the main thing that's supposed to come out of tefillah is to recognize Hashem, to acknowledge HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to give to Him. It is where the rena, it is where the acknowledgement of Hashem is greatest that tefillah fits in. Not the other way around. And because a shul is a place which is built to say there's God and He's central to our lives, not just our ATM machine, you know, not just our Seven Eleven, you know, to get stuff from, but we we want Him central in our lives. We want our lives to be built around the service of our Kodesh Baruch. We want His Torah that's going to tell us. The leptman, you know, how, how a person's supposed to live life and choose and move and do things. That's what it's all about. And isn't that, that's Mamish, like that's the whole setting of Shabbos. Setting of Shabbos is we stop worrying about the things that we need here, that, or the other. It's the chance to be uplifted, to focus on the Rabbana Shalom, who created the world in six days and on the seventh day he rested and then one seventh day years later he appeared to all of us and he spoke to us and he gave us his Tyra and one day he's going to just fill the world and we won't have to worry about anything else. And Shabbos, Mamish but just a little bit of that. Musaf, man, that's where the action is. Where we can stop and we can say, Rabbanisham, <laughs> we want to give you, we want to acknowledge you. This is the, this is Musaf. I want to, 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 to bring this home to us with a final note. <clears throat> a final note. So we have three tefillahs every single day. Shachris bin Chamarev. And you know that in the Gemara, it discusses where these three tefillahs came from, what's the nature of these three tefillahs. So we mentioned before one of the structures which the Gemara provides, which is that there was a morning offering replaced by the morning tefillah, an afternoon offering replaced by the afternoon tefillah. In the evening, they would take the limbs that were there from the day and put them on the Mizbech, and that's the nighttime tefillah. But there's an alternative structure which tefillahs fit into, and what is that? Tefillahs avais tiknum. The tefillahs were created by our avais, our patriarchs. Avram established shachris, right? The first tefillah of Avram that we have is the tefillah where he prayed for Sodom early in the morning. Yitzchak, 
Yitzchak was walking in the field when Rivka came home to be Losuach, which is a language of Tefillah, towards evening. Yaakov, Vayifka Bamokom, Ayolan Shemikvim Hashem, and she davened that night when he came to the place where his forefathers had davened. Each one established one of the Tefillahs. Avram Shachris, Yitzchak Mincha, Yaakov Arvis. Who established Musaf? Is there anyone who has the claim? It's, and so did Shachras, Mincha, and Marav. The way we have it. Right? The way we have it. So who established Musaf? The Gemara doesn't say. So if you would look for a fourth patriarch, who would it be? Okay. okay. So I heard David, I heard Maisha. I heard David, I heard Maisha. There is, there is a tefillah of David HaMelech, which is Tikkun Chatzais, Chatzais Laila Kum Laida the midnight tefillah. But there's a Chazal, there's, there's a view which we have in Chazal, which is that Yosef was a little bit of an Av. Why would you say Yosef is a little bit of an Av? Because he had two Shvatim. Ephraim and Menashe, Kiruvain Vishimain. Ephraim and Menashe are like Ruven and Shimon, which means that in a certain sense, Yosef ascended. He wasn't just like one of his brothers. He was above the rest of the brothers. In a certain sense, he was a parallel. And by the way, you remember Yosef had a dream where his father was coming and bowing down to him, and that dream was fulfilled where his father came and lived under Yosef. <coughs> so Yosef is in between. And be, in, in fact, fascinatingly, <coughs> In the bracha which is given to Yosef, the words are found, Misham Raya Even Yisrael. From there, the shepherd Even Yisrael. What's the word Even? Avben. Avben, together, is Even. Yosef was both an Av and a Ben. He's sort of like the twilight zone. Father, son. Now, isn't it delicious that the fourth tefillah which would go for the person who's sort of a fourth Av, so we don't say it all the time, is called, you got it, Musaf. Yosef, Musaf. Okay, so there's such a thing which is found in more obscure sources. Cute. But we're not here to do cute. What would Yosef have to do with Musaf? Okay, so let me ask you a question. Avram Davind, he turned to HaKadosh Baruch he said, please save Sadaim, give me a child. Yitzchak Davind, give me a Shidduch, right? Give me a child, he Davind L'Naicha with his wife. Yaakov Davind, save me from Esav. Yosef Davind, what did Yosef Davind for, anybody? Where? Tell me where. Avram's tefillah is in the Chumash, Yitzchak's tefillah is in the Chumash, Yaakov's tefillah is in the Chumash. Where's Yosef's tefillah? Yosef provided. Mm-hmm. Yosef provided. Did he daven? Think, think, think. You know, Yosef, Vayeshev, Miketz, Vayigash, Vayechi, four parshias, where Yosef is arguably the central character, if not a central character. I should say, a central character is not the central character. Yosef Davin? 
Zero. Zero. Yosef never davened. Never asked for anything. Did he have anything to ask for? I imagine in the bottom of the pit, maybe he had something to ask for. In jail, maybe he had something to ask for. In right? Did Yosef ever daven? No. What a guy. Man, he never davens. Like, what kind of a person is that? But Yosef is the one regarding whom Chazal say that the name of Hashem was constantly upon his lips. Shem Shemayim Shogar B'Fiv. He was always saying, it's the Rabban Hashem, it's the Rabban Hashem, it's the Rabban Hashem. He was always whispering. Chazal say, he was always whispering. It's the Rabban Hashem, it's the Rabban Hashem. Why? He was always giving credit to the Rabban Shalom. He saw the Rabban Shalom in everything. He never asked the Rabban Shalom anything. I'll tell you something shocking. Okay? You won't try this at home. Everybody knows that Yosef made a big mistake once. What? He made one big mistake. What was the big mistake that Yosef made? He turned to the butler... And he said, do me a favor. Right? He said, it's unbelievable. I have this guy here. He's going to be in the palace in three days in an important position. I've got protexia, right? You know what they call that? In a, in a pull, right? In Eretzisol, they call it vitamin P, right? That's a, right? right? Vitamin P, right? They have pull. Let me tell him, get me out of here. I don't deserve to be here. I was framed, right? Get me out of here. And because he said that, he sat in jail for two more years. What's wrong? What's wrong? So everyone is troubled by the question. He relied on a person. He turned to Hishtadlis. But hey, come on, you know, Hishtadlis, HaKadosh Baruch Hu put somebody right there. Go ahead, use it. Okay. There are many, many explanations. <coughs> Rabbeinu Bachir writes something here. And it's We'll say for the second time today the term radical. And maybe you'll say, no, you're not interpreting Rabbeinu Bachi correctly. I don't think that we're, and it's really for another discussion more. Rabbeinu Bachi says, the level of Yosef HaTzadik was such that, sit back and let the Rabbeinu Shalom do it. No recommendations or requests from me needed. He runs the world. He does a good job. Do it, Rabbi Shalom. You need my ideas? You don't need my ideas. Now I say, don't try this at home. For the average person, as we said, the pathway to recognition of Hashem is through need. But Yosef wasn't the average person. Yosef saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu so clearly in everything that he was expected to be completely at peace with whatever the Rabbi Hashem sent him. Yosef's tefillah was Maidim anachnu lach. I'm grateful to you, Rabbi Hashem. Thank you. Thank you, period. You don't need my requests. You're doing a great job, That's the ultimate person of Menucha. However, listen to that. Yosef HaTzadik had the life which was so filled with upheaval from an external view. It's crazy, right? I mean, 
you know, Bar, you know, Bar Hashem, I was never sold by my, my brothers, maybe because I don't have brothers, right? right? Sisters don't do that kind of thing, right? But, but you, know, you know, like, imagine, like, who had more upheaval in their life? Ripped away from family, foreign country, gets framed and in trouble. Like, my goodness. And never a request from Yesef HaTzadik. Barashim was doing a great job. He was completely at ease. Doesn't it make sense that Yosef would be the, the author of Tfilas Musaf? A Tfilah which is just about giving to the Barashim and not asking him for anything? That's his Tfilah. And so I share this with you in closing because to Davin, just to give praise to the Barashim is even hard for us on Shabbos. We have, it's, it's an avoda to be peaceful on Shabbos, you know, and not to think about what you need. Oh, finally, I have a chance to have them properly. Let me really, no, but there's no, there's no room to really ask for anything today. But that's, that's in itself so instructive that, you know, the Ramesham takes care of us. We're at peace. Let's just praise him. Let's just thank him. Let's just acknowledge him. That's what Shabbos, that's the attitude of Shabbos. We have everything. We have whatever we're going to have. And Musaf is the greatest expression of that, and Yosef was able to do that at all times, in the most difficult of circumstances. It's not our, it's not our way. It's not a level that we can even try to assume for ourselves. But it's something to view as a point of aspiration, as something to, to look towards. In the Mabit, <coughs> a very important sefer with its section on tefillah, he speaks about that idea that we say maidim, we say thank you to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, before we know what his answers to our requests are. You know, maybe we should just wait and see. You don't say maidim. You know, don't say, don't say thank you before you know if he's delivering the goods. But that maidim is that piece. But you know something? He doesn't need my requests. Rabban Shalom is doing great for us. That's the tefillah of Yosef. That's the tefillah of Musaf. That's Aveda the way it was originally and was ideally meant to be. May Bezos Hashem it be restored to us in that form. Bimhe Rabbi Amen.